Hey, podcast listeners, it's Mark Steckman, host of the weekly Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. In today's daily on-demand segment brought to you by Italiano Insurance, I sit down with international speaker, author, and business coach, Steve Hopper, as he shares his story from prison to purpose. Now listen, this is a must-hear story of how turning to God during his darkest hour transformed his life forever. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do rate it and share it with your friends. We have new content coming out every weekday and a few surprises planned, so make sure that you do subscribe. Now, here's today's episode with Steve Hopper. Enjoy. Our very special guest just stood up and he's moving over to the mic, but before he says anything, I want to introduce him. His name is Steve Hopper. He's an international motivational speaker, business coach, and the author of a book called From Prison to Purpose. Steve is inspiring the masses with his personal story of turning a major life setback into a comeback. And I love that right there. And winning at the game of life. Steve coaches business owners and leaders on how to achieve peak performance. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing this story. Steve Hopper, welcome to Business Beyond the Boardroom. Hey, Mark, Jen, thank you so much for having me this morning. It's truly an honor. Blessed to be here. Steve, I've been following you for for a while now. You live not too far from me. Uh, we know a lot of people in common. We found out, and you said this isn't your first rodeo on the Ray Didio, so that's really cool, and I'm uh, thrilled to have you here. Steve, you've had a very unusual path that led you to where you're at today. You grew up in the Tampa Bay area for the most part, right, after a few years in North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your background, starting kind of with your childhood, everything up to maybe just before, maybe right around high school. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version here this morning. But I uh, did grow up here in Tampa, Florida. Started playing football at a very early age. It's what I was going to do with my life. I wasn't going to be a doctor, fireman, policeman. I was going to be a football player. And at an early age, I had the natural talent. And mom and dad put me in the best programs over the year to feed the passion that I had for the sport. And, uh, you know, the opportunities were there for the taking. You know, I, everything I had worked for, bled for, sweated for, cried for growing up uh, was going to become a reality. Mm. You know, I had, uh, every opportunity to go to the next level. And like many teenagers, I was an absolute knucklehead. Mm. So got myself into a lot of stuff. But one night, my senior year, I would literally make a split second decision that would change the course of my life forever. It was a Friday night. We got invited to a keg party, me mm. and some friends down in South Tampa. And we showed up on this private beach, bonfire, keg of beer, hundreds of teenagers doing what we had absolutely no business doing right at 16, 17 years old. Right. And there was an altercation that took place uh, at the party. Yeah. So, I, it was, so it was a fight. Yeah, there was a fight. Mm. I engaged in the fight. Okay. Didn't think anything of it at the time. It was another Friday night, another fight, another party. We'd been in these situations before, sure. but this one would be different because the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department showed up at my parents' house about three days later oh. with a warrant for attempted murder. Oh, my word. Yeah. Um, one of the teens that I had hit during the Friday night altercation had slipped into a coma. Oh. And at that moment, everything changed. It was like the, the clock just stopped ticking in my life. My dad took me down to the county jail. He turned me in. And last thing he said was, son, we're going to get this fixed. We're going to get it worked out. But they revoked my bond because they didn't know if this young man was going to live or die. Oh. So they didn't know if they were going to charge me with murder or attempted murder. So right. they immediately, the judge revoked the bond. So my parents couldn't even bond me out. 
my senior year in high school, so I sat there for three months. So you're 17 at this point. 17, waiting right. to find Mid- out if this young man is going to live or die. Middle, right. middle of school year? Is there school year coming to an end? Um, yeah, it's about the middle of the year. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, this took place in January, so, uh, yeah, that yeah. was... Close. Yeah, middle of the yeah, school yeah. Right, yeah, sure. So, uh... So you're, long, yeah, you're, long, in, you're in jail. Yeah, three absolutely. So point. I call home one night about, you know, three months into this. Mm-hmm. And my mom answers the phone crying and told me that the young man had come out of the coma and he was going to live. Oh. And it was the best news I'd ever heard in my life. But when I travel and speak at our high schools and our middle schools, I try to impart on our youth that when you make bad choices in life, there are almost always bad consequences that come along with those choices, right? And for, for me, for sure, those consequences were going to be great. So... To make a long story short, for that split-second decision, that one swing, that one lapse in judgment, mm-hmm. uh, they sentenced me to uh, 10 years in Florida State Prison. No kidding. 17 years old, yeah. And so at 17 years old, how long did that whole process take? I mean, was it was it um, pretty quick? or what? Yeah, it, it wasn't. So you were, you it were really in, wasn't too long yeah. of a process. Yeah, I would say probably about six months or so okay. total uh, before I was actually on a bus so you're starting to off, a prison. So you're starting off 18 years old, headed in orange yeah. jumpsuit to Shack, state Shackled from head to toe, bro. State, yeah, state there's prison. nothing in life had prepared me for the world I was about to enter. Mm. Nothing my teachers, coaches, parents, nobody had taught me anything growing up in life that would prepare me for that world. I got sent to one of the worst prisons in the state of Florida at the time. Wow. Gang violence daily, riots weekly, fought for my life on numerous occasions, mm. watched people stabbed to death, beat to death right in front of me. Mm. Uh, it was a far cry from Carrollwood, yeah. <laughs> where I had grown right. up in Tampa. And um, but it was about a it was about a year into my incarceration, Mark. And I want to tell you this part because uh, very pertinent to the story itself. It was about a year into the incarceration, and um, it was lights out time, and that steel door slammed shut on that prison cell, and there I was, sealed sealed in for the night. Mm. And this particular night, the weight of the world just came crashing in on me. Every emotion you could imagine, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, fear, remorse, regret. Um, it just, to the point it just consumed me to where I crouched down the corner of the cell and began to cry. And for the first time in my life, the thought of suicide mm. crossed my mind because as I sat there in the darkness, everything I'd hoped for, dreamed for, worked for, uh, was gone. It's all gone. And I felt like for me, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, in that moment, in the dark, contemplating suicide, I remembered something that my grandfather had told me when I was young. My grandparents owned a bunch of property south of Tallahassee, a little town called Crawfordville, Florida, if anybody knows yeah, about it. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. Sure. Yep. And so uh, we used to spend our summers up there. My grandfather was always preaching at me during those summer visits, trying to impart that word, those words of wisdom into me, you know, of course. And uh, I let it go in one ear and out the other. I have them on agenda, right? Right. But one summer he got my attention and said, son, just promise me one thing. And I said, yeah, what is it, Granddaddy? He said, just promise me that if you're ever at your darkest moment in life and your back's against the wall and you don't feel like you have any way out, just drop to your knees immediately and cry out for God. Mm, okay. So, so that, that night what, in that shell, did. yeah, abs- yeah. Uh, absolutely. That night in that cell created a shift in my life. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, the swing on the beach that night that created the major shift in my life, it was that cell. Mm. And, um, you know, I woke up the next morning and again, you know, I was one year into a 10 year sentence and, but I had this overwhelming feeling of peace and purpose. Mm. And I had no idea what that purpose was, but I knew that if I was going to go do something with my life that I needed to develop from the inside out. 
So I began to eat, drink, sleep, every ounce of self-development material that I could get my hands on. Mm. I had no idea what I would use it for one day. Um, But that's what I wanted to do. And uh, so anyways, long story short, I ended up doing seven years on that 10-year sentence. Went in at 17, got out when I was 24. And so... That's an, I mean, that's an amazing journey, and I've got about 30 questions running through my head. During that time when you were in there, did you have contact with friends or family? or? You know, <laughs> when you get sentenced that much time, mm. a lot of your friends disappear. Yeah. Uh, but that's the beauty of family. Yeah. Family will be there for you through thick and thin in most cases. You know, my parents were there um, every weekend if they could be there for seven years straight. Wow. Um, they would be there on holidays. They would rain or shine. They would be there no matter where I was at in the state of Florida. They would come to me. So my family was extremely supportive. And of course, I had uh, a handful of friends that stuck with me as well that are still my best friends to this day uh, that, that rode out with me for sure. Yeah, yeah that's a blessing. Yeah, right there. absolutely. And you'll never forget that. And they right. won't either. So l- your life could have easily have been ruined, right? I mean, you're, you're, you obviously recognize that while you're in, in, uh, in, the pr- in prison. You get out at 24 years old. What's your first step? Well, you got two choices when you get out of prison. I always tell this joke. You either go into construction <laughs> right. or you go sell used cars, okay, one yeah. or the other, right? Those are your two choices. Little, little disclaimer there for any of our clients that are automobile dealerships. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. So I had done enough hard labor in, yeah. the, in this Florida heat while sure. I was in prison, right? So I wanted to go the air-conditioned route. Okay. So anyways, no, my, I'm joking, but I did get a job yeah. um, selling used cars. Okay, um, cool. I was dating a girl at the time. Her brother opened some doors for me and um, did extremely well. You know, just applied the things that I had learned and studied and imported. You know, what you import is what you export, right? right. Sure. So I uh, started applying all of that, did extremely well in corporate America, started climbing up the chain with that company, and, um, and then... Ultimately, I ended up uh, around 2008 getting laid off oh, from the company. Like a lot of people and, did at uh, that time, yeah. And uh, caused uh, some major changes in my life. I went from a very cush-cush job with a great salary to now you're an ex-convict again with no college education. And honestly, it was one of the best blessings that ever happened to me because even though I struggled financially, what it did was it forced me into entrepreneurship, yeah. which started something very amazing. So were you at that point, so it's 2008, you'd just been laid off, the, and everybody who's old enough to remember, you know, auto sales went from 17 million units that year to, uh, you know, somewhere around 13 million. It was, it was a collapse in the auto industry, and uh, over the course of a couple of years, not just that year, but I remember, because I was starting in, at CBS at that time in 2009, and we had just laid off uh, majority of the sales staff because of the auto industry collapse, and... and um, where in your head did you start coming up with, like, I mean, how, what, formulating the process, the whole business plan, um, the, the idea of developing your purpose? Talk to us about how that all kind of came together quickly, and then, and then we'll move forward into what it is you do. Because sure. I'm, I'm always interested in, like, sometimes yeah. we just have something pop in our head, and we're like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Or was it that kind of a thing, uh, situation, or was it like you really did some introspection and some soul-searching and self-awareness that said, this is where I want to go? No, I did. Absolutely. And, and what, I, what I immediately started to look for was I knew that 
I knew obviously that I was going to have to create my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Sent my resume out to 250 companies, not even a call back. Right. It was just, it was nuts, right? So I started to look around, and, and one of the things that I was always really, really good at, and what I taught to all of my sales guys uh, when I was in the cars was, you know, you got to go out and network. Mm-hmm. And it was something I'd always been really, really good at was building a very strong, profitable network. Mm-hmm. So as I started to look at everything that was going on then, and I started to look at what entrepreneurs and business owners were struggling with, as I went out there and I was networking, I was seeing what they were struggling with, and I said, well, why don't I start to teach them how to do this the right way? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. All right. So I started a marketing company. Okay. And uh, it wasn't an online internet marketing company. What I was doing was teaching. It was more of a coaching style company where I was helping business owners build their personal brand, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. I started doing little seminars and workshops, et cetera, teaching these types of things. So, so at this point, international Steve, speaker Steve Hopper wasn't quite put together no. yet, and uh, the $100,000 handshake, not there yet. Not there although, yet. Although the foundation was being built. It was being built, yeah. you know, and, and in that time as well, I got in, involved in the network marketing industry and started having a lot of success there. And Mark, I reached a point where something was missing. Mm. I just felt like even though things were going well, I didn't feel like I was like totally in my purpose at that point. Okay. Um, so I went on a mission. I started praying about it. I was just seeking this. And this actually happened about five years ago. Oh, wow. And what's crazy is I was walking through the mall one day and a lady walks by me and she hands me a piece of paper, makes eye contact with me and keeps walking. And I'm like about to throw it away because I think it's like a kiosk, you know, coupon or something, right? For some skin cream or something, right? Right. Yeah. I've I've gotten that coupon. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I open it up and all it says is be still and know that I'm God. And I was like, whoa, okay, all right, whatever, right? So I go home, um, didn't quite know exactly how to handle that situation, but I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this literally. Mm. So I sat on the porch for two weeks every morning with coffee, just meditating and just, you know. Being still. Yeah, just being still and trying to, and asking why have I been gifted with these talents? What is it that I am here to do? Why have I gone through all this, experienced all this? And I didn't, I didn't come here today to preach to anybody, obviously, but I'm sharing my story here and kind of how that journey was for me. And in that time of reflection, some things started to get revealed to me. And one of the things that I saw was that all along I had been speaking mm. and I had been inspiring and motivating yeah. um, from the football team I started doing speaking events in prison, mm. right? Um, teaching these guys how they could change their life when they got out of prison. Uh, in corporate America, I was became a national trainer for the company I was with. Um, and then, of course, network marketing and doing the events, you know. So I was always speaking, inspiring, and motivating. So long story short, I met a gentleman at a networking event one day. This is after I had been kind of trying to decipher where I was supposed to be headed. And he happened to own a magazine. He wanted to feature my story in a magazine. Okay. When the magazine hit the shelves, that's when Steve Hopper International was birthed. My phone, email, everything blew up. People want me to come speak here, there, everywhere. And it became very clear very quickly. You and I, you and I talked before we got on the air about being self-aware. 
Yes. And that's, you just, you just totally hit the nail on the head. And as an entrepreneur in my first gig that I did, that I started back in 2007, I wasn't very self-aware, but I was doing something just for money and I was good at it. But then about a year and a half into it, I realized this isn't me, you know? And, um, so I, I moved on from that and did something else. But when we become self-aware, it's like all of a sudden the lights are on and all of a sudden, everything becomes crystal clear, unlike the commute this morning with the fog, but <laughs> everything becomes crystal clear. And it's like, this is what I was designed to do. Yeah. And when you're in that lane, how does it feel knowing that you're in the lane that you were designed to be the person that you are today? Well, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable feeling. You know, I was, uh, when I started getting all these calls, I was out there speaking about five times a week, Mark, hmm. and um, I wasn't charging. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, bless you. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, it was, I was just so excited, bro, to be yeah. out there sharing my story and just inspiring people. And, and my payment was people coming up going, oh my gosh, like you've cha- you changed my life, you yeah. know? And, um, about six months into it, my wife was like, hey, listen, I love that you're doing this. I love that you're inspiring people. I love that you're motivating people, but are you ever going to make any money of this? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I probably need to figure that out, yeah, right? Yeah. So I began to study the speaking industry, and yeah. I already had you know, been doing s- some local seminars and stuff like that, so I had that model under my belt. We started enhancing that, started productizing myself, mm. um, which is something I teach all of my coaching clients to do, yeah. to take their knowledge expertise. We're in an interesting time right now yep. in this information age where um, you know, the stuff that we know the stuff that we've learned in our experience is valuable to other people. Yeah, no doubt about that. And yes. that's, that's for sure. So tell me about that. Talk, let's talk about the coaching business as we uh, kind of move forward here. I mean, I've seen, I know you've seen struggles amongst business leaders and entrepreneurs that you've met with over the years. And, yes. last, and, and what are some of those common struggles that you uh, have identified and how do you approach addressing them? Like, what do you see from a business owner who's trying to scale his business or her business? And, and uh, what's, what's, what are some of the common themes? I will tell you that, obviously, um, as a speaker, I get to be in front of entrepreneurs and business professionals from all walks of life, yeah. from all levels of success. And I can tell you all the way from the people that are struggling right now in business to the people that are extremely successful but just can't break to the next level, it all usually boils down to one thing, and it's belief in themselves, Mm. is self-confidence, is the biggest deal that most people are struggling with. Um, People are capable of doing so many amazing things, and what happens is, is they, instead of just taking that plunge, they put their foot on the brakes mm. and they get scared. They get the spirit of fear that overcomes them. And a lot of times that spirit of fear comes from them just not having the belief and confidence in themselves that they can go and accomplish those things. And what happens too, you know, social media as great as it is. And if we use it the right way, it'll help us really get our stories and our messages out to more people. But it has also created this, um, comparison epidemic as well, Mm. where professionals see other professionals in their industry that are playing at a much higher level than they are. And that comparison causes them to put their feet on the brakes a lot of times. So I think self-confidence and belief in themselves is probably the biggest issue that most entrepreneurs run into. Yeah. And that, and that fear is a big deal. Even for people who are entrepreneurs who've taken that first step, started their business, launched, got everything going. And then all of a sudden they get it's kind of like cold feet. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's, it's amazing. Yep. 
Um, so you're an entrepreneur. Yes. You, you don't work for any other companies. No. You work for yourself. It's never easy. What never is, easy. What is, what, is, what is a typical work day look like for you as speaker, author, coach? I mean, are we talking three-hour work weeks like uh, that, or four-hour work weeks, as the book says? <laughs> what, is it, what, is a, what does a normal work week look like? Uh, well, no, it's, for me, it's 24-7. Mm. Now, obviously, there's balancing of kids in there and family. I've got sure. four amazing, amazing, beautiful kids, all of them super talented, super, super smart, and super involved in sports and singing and everything you could imagine under the sun. Sure. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a work balance there, but, uh, I get up and run to the sink every morning to brush my teeth, Mark, because I'm so, so excited, excited about what I'm doing. Yeah. And, um, so all of my spare moments throughout the day are, are into what do we have upcoming? What does the market need from us? What are our customers needing? What is our audience needing? So we're constantly, when I'm not speaking mm. or doing an event or doing coaching sessions, which I do, um, I have about three days a week that I schedule out coaching sessions. Wow. And um, so I do those throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And obviously Zoom is an amazing platform yeah, sure. that has we're offered using. a lot of opportunity to coach people anytime, anywhere. But yeah, so when we're not, when I'm not actually speaking or coaching, we're working, you know, in the business on, you know, upcoming things, things we want to provide to the market. I didn't hear you say eight hours, nine hours. And like a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> that we talk to, we don't keep track, do we? We just, no. do, we just do it because we've got a passion for what we're yeah. doing. And we get up every day with a zest and energy and excitement. Well, we're uh, hardly hard to, for me to believe, Jen, but we're winding down the hour here. And Ooh, I, before wow. we do get into uh, a close, I want to ask Steve, where, first of all, where can people find you? Uh, if they want to follow you online, get more information about your coaching services, if they want to scale their business or go to that next level, how do they find you? Well, then go to stevehopperspeaks.com. Uh, that is my website. And they can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Steve Hopper Speaks. Mm, okay. So. so we normally do a lightning round. We're not going to do the lightning round today. <laughs> Why did I talk too long, bro? Because no, <laughs> I'm, a, a, I'm a speaker, bro. I, Come I, on. I think I think it, I think it might have just been because the because uh, of our minute loss there on the uh, with the with the dial tone. But um, I want to ask another you, what, minute before the music. Starts. Yeah, no, we're good. I want to know. I want to know what's next for you. Is there? I know if if people want to get your book from Prison to Purpose, they can find it on Amazon. Do you have any other books sure. on the way, or you have any other projects that you? Yes. can you can tell us about that. Maybe nobody else knows. Or where finishing finishing up a book right now called mm -hmm. the Hundred Thousand Dollar handshake yeah which is by the way the event that you just did last week. yes i have friends that went to and said it was awesome yeah it's, oh, a, cool. it's a great event it started out being just a you know just a a business event about networking and turned into something way way more powerful than that about three years ago so so it's a, it's an event definitely that people should check out but i'm writing a book about it as well okay cool um, so that should be out soon and uh and i've got about four more books uh that are on the whiteboard okay Already laid out. Just need to sit down and make that happen. But uh, we're growing. We're doing a lot of online courses, getting our online stuff going so that we can teach anybody anywhere, even if they don't show up to our events or if they're not able to come hear me speak live. So anywhere um, around the country, they can follow you. Anywhere around the, yeah, anywhere around the world. Anywhere around the world. They'll be able world. to access for sure. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for listening to Business Beyond the Boardroom On Demand, a feature of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. You can listen to the full live radio show every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to marksteckman.com for more information, or you could follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram for more great business and marketing content. Make it a great day.